to the Prophecy Club. We just finished one broadcast. We're doing another one with Dana Coverstone. Ministry, 29 years, 10 years pastoring a church and has had about 12 dreams that have shaken America. He just gave us his latest dream. So, Dana, continue talking about what you see coming for our nation. I believe that there's a lot of confusion right now. And I also believe this, and I, I haven't really necessarily said this publicly, but I believe that both parties, Democrat and Republican, have within those parties, each have a, an extreme left and right wing that's at work. And I believe that the extremes in both parties are going to become more and more vocal, more and more verbal, more and more uh, violent, more and more uh, desiring for the world to see what they think, what they believe. I, I think it's very easy to say that both parties have failed our country. Uh, both parties have failed our nations. And I can't wait for the day when Isaiah, the words of Isaiah come to pass and, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And I kind of imagine Jesus with a globe on his, in, his, in his hand, on his shoulder, and he just got it in his hands. And uh, it has to follow his constraints, his rules, and his, his regulations, his way of doing things. I think America has been blinded in a lot of ways. There's a lot of folks who have ideas and opinions that they don't research, they don't talk about. They just hear somebody's opinion, they jump right in. Um, I've seen, you know, we see a lot of things in the news right now that, that should concern us. But the primary thing we as believers still need to pray for our government, pray for our leaders. We need to pray for God's wisdom and God's understanding. We need to pray that God gives us the ideas of what we need to do and what we need to say. We as the church are going to have to be more vocal and more verbal and more specific and strategic in what we say and how we say it. We've got to realize that we do believe that Jesus is coming. How long will that be before we see him? I don't know. You don't know. The thing about prophecy is everything about prophecy is speculation until it happens. But Jesus said, when you see these signs, when you see these things happening, and we are seeing nation against nation, and we are seeing kingdom against kingdom, and we are seeing all sorts of, 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 of things happening around the world that indicate to us that things are falling apart. We see nations right now that are having higher unemployment rates, sickness rates. We're seeing people, we're seeing nations that don't know what to do. And it's not just us, it is the nations in peril at times. And Paul said in the last days, perilous times will come. So we're seeing those things. But instead of being scared and terrified, I believe this could be the greatest opportunity for the church. In the midst of challenge and opposition, there will be people who come to Christ because they see, they see faith in us. There are stories from Rome of soldiers uh, and members of the Praetorian Guard, even, who came to Jesus because when they were told to watch the prisoners, the Christians, one's being thrown to the lions, and one being, one's being taken up into the hills of Rome where there was snow and ice and was cold to watch them freeze to death, there were soldiers who came to Jesus because of the attitude and the heart that they saw in the people that they were being told to kill. Because those believers were not willing, they were not going to deny their faith even if they were thrown to the lion's dens or beheaded or ran through or whatever terrible thing they could think of, there were people who said, I will not bend my knee to anyone other than Jesus. There will be no other God before me but Jesus Christ. And that's what the world needs to see. People that are that committed to the cross, that committed to the gospel. And Jesus himself said, if you want to be my disciple, deny yourself, take up a cross and follow me. And the only thing you do on a cross is you die on it. 
So Jesus says, I bid you come and die. I bid you come and walk my path. I bid you to come and suffer with me. And so one thing the church can do right now is be the church and not be afraid and not bow down and, and, and hold through to the word of God and the teachings of Jesus and be the church that God's called us to be. Because there's, there's a world out there that's watching us and they want to know, how's the church going to respond? How's the, what's the church going to do about this? What's the body of Christ going to say about this specific thing? And although there's a lot of compromise in our pulpits, a, a, lot of, a lot of preaching, a lot of acceptance of all sorts of ideas, you know, doctrines of demons. Uh, Paul mentioned that word. He said there will be doctrines of demons. What that means is there will be people preaching satanic stuff in our pulpits, in our churches. And he also says that there will be itching ears running here and there and to and fro, hearing what the ears want to hear. So nobody in the church necessarily wants to hear a, a hard message or a message like, hey, brace yourself because hard things are coming. The church doesn't want to hear that. But the Lord warns us through those messages, just like he did through the prophets. And, you know, Nineveh did not fall. Nineveh repented. But if you go 150 years later after Nineveh repented, Nineveh was destroyed because they did not learn the initial lesson. Yes, they repented and they took care of things, but they did not pass that truth on. They did not share with their sons and their daughters that, hey, you know, 150 years ago, God told us to repent and we were all going to die. And we repented. And because we kept following the Lord, he's kept his hands upon us. So many people forget that even when God warns us, he's, he, he doesn't say, OK, I'll never I'll never hurt you again. Then he basically said, I'm giving you a chance to get saved. Live it right. Keep living right. and You'll be OK. But 150 years later, after Jonah preached the message that he did not want to preach to begin with and people get saved and change their lives. God destroyed it because they forgot the message. And we as the church, we, we can't just, okay, well, okay, we're, we're through December now, and the president's thing has been taken care of. We know it's been decided, so we can, stop, we can stop fighting. No, I believe we're still holding our breath. We're in the dream right now I had where we're holding our breath because nobody knows what's coming or what's going to happen. But those of us that were holding our breath in the dream, we were not being, uh, we were not being terrified or frightened by the things happening around us. The water coming up and over the over the mountains of of the of the, the coastlines of the of the, uh, of the United States of America, it was terrifying other people. They were panicking, but the people who were not breathing, holding their breath, they were not panicking. Why? Because we had our faith on the Lord. We had our eyes on Jesus, and uh, that's where I think we are, Stan. I believe that the Lord is wanting to ch continue to challenge the church. <laughs> had, had a pastor friend years ago. He made a statement I'll never forget. He said, "You know, until you draw your last breath." There'll be something challenging your faith. And I was in my 30s, and he said, you're in your 30s now, and the temptations you face now are different. But you'll face temptations in your 40s, and you'll face temptations in your 50s, and you'll face temptations in your 60s. And I said, I hope God takes you through the 70s, but in your 70s, you'll have different temptations. And he basically said, brother, until you draw your last breath, there will always be something challenging your faith. A lot of people don't want those challenges. A lot of people just want that easy bowl of cherries type Christianity where nothing bad happens and it's the hard things the difficult things that shape us and mold us I guess if nothing else as a watchman God's called me to remind the church that hard times are coming hard, big, difficult times are coming but if our faith is where it needs to be not only will God be, be glorified in what we're doing he will reveal himself to the watching world and that would be I think the most important message is that we were told to brace ourselves not just to survive. We were told to brace ourselves so people could see that the reason we survived and we got through these things was because the Lord was with us and our faith was completely in him. 
There's a lot of people's faith who's not as strong as it needs to be. There's people out there who go to church once a week, they check the box, went to church, did my duty, but they've never had a personal relationship with Jesus. They've never prayed more than just for the offering or, or morning service or something like that. They've never, they've never had a prayer life. They've never had time in the Word. They've never, they've never really been a disciple. They may have said a prayer and gone to church, but they've never been a disciple. They've never sat at the feet of Jesus. They've never asked the Lord to draw them to Him. They've never asked the Lord to show them His calling for their lives. And they've just been they've just been treading water. They've just been sitting in a pew or chairs every Sunday morning, and that's it. And they've checked the box. And they don't realize that God has so much more for them. Because when he says, deny yourself, take up a cross, and follow me, he basically says, son, daughter, I want you to go where I want you to go. I want you to do what I want you to do. I've gifted you. I've given you talents and, and abilities. And I want to use you for my glory. And so often we just say, well, what can I do with my life? And how much money can I make? And what can I have? And what can I own? And and God says, I want you to serve me. And I believe that the church is waking up to that. I believe there's a lot of people who are waking up, and they don't want to be woke up to the difficulty that's coming. Jesus, once again, he said, through many trials and tribulations, you'll enter the kingdom of heaven. But I know when I get to, when it comes to that time in my life, I want to be able to say, Stan, I have fought the good fight. Now think Amen. about that. Who's ever been in a good fight? And maybe if you're, you know, if you're Muhammad Ali and you win, that was a good fight because you won. But when you, but even Muhammad Ali gets hit in the face, and you know, some of the greatest boxers in history, they never got out of the ring without taking a sustained beating and a hurting. And so I, I want to be able to say, God, I have fought the good fight. I want to be able to know that I've lived my life for the Lord, and I've pleased Him in everything I've said and done and things I've shared. I want to know that when I draw my last breath, the first words I hear are, well done, my good and faithful servant. Amen. And I God's calling the church to put up a good fight and to stand for truth and to preach the words of Jesus, and to live it out in a way that people look at us and say there's something different about him, and I need to know what it is. I believe we're up for some, some hard times and I difficult got a question. times, but I also believe the church is going to show who Jesus is to the watching world. Okay. Uh, in one of your dreams you were told, then there was the sound like a thousand shofars blowing all at once, and I could even feel the wind on my face. What do you think that is and means? I think that is the freshness and the fullness of the Holy Spirit that brings refreshing. <clears throat> it brings hope. I like to go outside after it rains because the earth just smells fresh. It almost smells, I, I kind of joke and say this, but it's almost like the earth just got a bath or a shower. That rain comes down, the winds have gone through, and, and you see, you smell the, the freshness of the earth because things are clean. And I believe that what I saw, the, that wind, was the wind of the Holy Spirit coming to refresh the church and to lift us and to encourage us and to, and to fill us again with a fresh, with a fresh uh, new anointing as we walk out into the world, that we walk out with the Spirit in us and with us and speaking through us, that we've been revived, we've been energized. Uh, it's like, like a good night's sleep when you wake up and you, when you, you, you know you've slept well. When you wake up and you're like, man, I feel so much better. It's like when, you're, when, when the sickness you've had or a cough or a cold is over and you wake up and you're like, okay, I'm better today. I believe God is filling the church with people who are hungry, and God's responding to the, those prayers of hunger for more of the Spirit. Amen. And the people that are praying that are going to be so full of the Spirit. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to go out and do exploits for the Amen. Lord. We're going to see some great things happen because He is filling and moving and doing great things in us through the Spirit. Okay, of God. how about the big billboard saying Passover 2021, and then it repeats the words, big things are coming for the world, big things are coming for the world. I see my dreams over and over. 
probably about every couple of weeks I'll go through and I'll just reflect on the dreams that I've written down in, in my in my in my dream folder, and I look at things and I think about things and I and I also try not to read into it very very much uh, because I know that dreams are symbolic. We definitely need something big to happen in, in the country. People are desperate. The job market's bad. Stock market is incredibly high, which it, no physical financial way that it really should be with the economy like it is. It doesn't make any sense. But uh, people are desperate. Uh, and just in the last couple of weeks, when the phone rings here at the church, not want people wanting to talk to me about dreams and stuff. It's been people saying, brother, I don't know if you can help us, but I've not worked in three months, and I'm still not getting uh, unemployment. And, or, hey, my, my mom and my dad are both diagnosed with COVID, and they might die. I mean, I'm hearing desperate, <laughs> desperate calls from people. So I just want you to pray for me. You know, I, people that say, I pray with you every morning, but I'm calling the church. Will you pray with me? Because, you know, my kids are sick. This is going on. We don't, you know, um, I thought my kid could get a college scholarship, and now with sports shut down, he can't do that. And what are we going to do? And, you know, people with bills coming in, there's a lot of desperation out there. Not, not just people who are Christians. The majority of people that are calling are people who are Christians that have faith in the Lord. And they're saying, I need, I need help. I'm, I'm desperate. I'm, you know, I've had people call me and say, I've been serving the Lord for years, but I am almost nearly suicidal because my life has fallen apart so much since COVID hit and the shutdowns, lockdowns. But I also have people who are not saved at all. And they'll, they'll call and they'll say, brother, I, you know, I, 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 I just watched your video, and it scared me to death. I don't know what to do. And, you know, that was in July, and now all these things are going on and happening. And what, what do I do? I'm not a Christian. I've never been to church. Da, da, da. And uh, I got folks that people are, are realizing there's got to be hope somewhere. And the most desperate people are searching for hope anywhere they can find it. And that's why the church has an incredible opportunity right now to share Jesus Christ with so many people, so many situations. You know, a lot of churches are shut down or locked down from COVID, or they're doing, you know, people don't, people don't touch any, anybody anymore. People don't talk to anybody anymore. You, you've got states that are locked down and no restaurants, no business, no church. You've got people that can't look anybody else in the eye. And, and beyond that, if you're wearing a mask in a store, you, you know, you can't tell who some people are. They walk by, you don't know who they are because there's a mask. So people are being disconnected. And the body of Christ is, is the best, the best source of connection that there is on this planet right now. And we, we know who Jesus is. We have the love of the Father in our hearts. We have the Holy Spirit working in us and through us. We have the promise of, of, of his word. We have the talents, gifts, and abilities he's given us. And we have a door that's open before us. You know, behold, there's an open door set before us. And if we just walk through, we would see some, some incredible things happen in our country. Okay. So I think the church's days aren't numbered. I think the greatest days of the church are right now. Amen. And they're about to get greater. Now, let yes. me come to a second question. So after you said Passover 2021, big things are coming for the world, big things are coming for the world, then, I didn't say this before, it says, do not stop bracing for the storm will not pass until I stop the storm. So brace, brace, brace yourselves and do not look back. To me, I think that that is hinting that the storm may be stopping on about or around or having to do with Passover 2021. Your comment, please. It very well could. I just know that the brace yourself comments continue to come up. You know, even even in this last dream I have, of stay braced, stay focused, stay on task. And and the reason for that is because there's a job to do, there's work to do, there's something to be done, there's something to be accomplished. And if, if people are focused on, well, when's the storm going to get over? You know, when, when a ship when a ship is out in the ocean and the storm's hitting it, 
you know, they batten down the hatches, they, they tie things down, they do what they can. And although people may be hoping the ship doesn't wreck, there are still people who have to steer and guide that ship. There are still people who have to watch and see what's going on. There are people who still have to watch and see what's coming in the ocean or the, or the, or the, or the, or the waterfront in front of them. And that's what I see the church right now. Yeah, the storm's going on around us, but we can't hide and bunker down. We can't go into the bunker. We can't hide. We, we got to be on. We got to be on the. We got to be on the on the floor. We got to be watching what's going on. We got to be, you know, yeah, trying to protect ourselves, but also we've got to be making sure that we're aware of what's going on. Uh, you know, you got storm trackers, storm chasers who go into the into the eyes of the hurricanes and into the into the or the tornadoes to take pictures and get information. And although we think, man, those guys are nuts, how would the weather forecasters know where the tornado is headed, even though they got Doppler and all this? Sometimes the people, the, the boots on the ground can tell you, hey, it's heading this way. It's going southwest at you know, 132 miles an hour. We've got to do this. The winds are this fast or whatever. So someone's got to know what's happening with the storm to warn the people in front of it. And sometimes you've got to be in the storm to do it. So they persecuted the Christians in Rome. They're persecuting the Christians in Nigeria. They're going to be persecuting the Christians in America and nations around the world. And uh, we just need to continue to stay braced and standing. That's the key. Stay braced and stay standing. So in summary, your final comment would be? Church, don't go back to sleep. Church, don't sit down. Don't stop praying. Don't stop living in faith. Don't stop seeking the Holy Spirit. Don't stop praying in tongues. Don't stop doing the work of the gospel. Don't stop sharing the message of Jesus with the world. Don't stop witnessing. Don't give in. Uh, don't stop praying for your pastors and your leaders. Don't stop praying for the nation. And don't stop serving Jesus. Don't compromise. Don't, don't give up. Don't give in. Um, it takes a long time to turn a ship. It takes a long time to turn a ship sometimes. And it may seem like it's taken forever. And 2020, I've been calling it lately the dumpster fire year because we don't know exactly what's burning. We don't know who started it. We have no idea how long it's going to burn. We're not even sure, you know, if we should take the lid off the dumpster or just, you know, whatever. And we're just kind of watching what's happening and trying to figure it all out. But I believe that God can, you know, even in the storm. Israel spent 70 years in Babylon. 70 years. Daniel is going through the writings of, of Jeremiah and realizes, hey, we're going to be here for 70 years. Well, that gave him hope. He knew there was an end time event. That basically, that end of 70 years is when that stops. So King Cyrus feels led by the Holy Spirit to let the Israelites go, and only a few of them went, but the promise was 70 years. And so I don't know how long COVID and all this stuff is going to last. We don't know exactly when Jesus is going to come. We, all we know is this, no man knows except the Father. I believe sometimes he's got his hand on the door looking back at his father going, now, now Father, now, how, how about now? Now would be good, they're waiting, they're calling. But I know this, the Spirit and the Bride say come. The Spirit and the Bride say come. So as much as I'm looking forward to seeing Jesus whenever he comes, I'm looking forward to, to occupying and accomplishing his will in my life until he comes. Amen, brother. Amen. Thank you so much for coming on and giving us your dream. If they want to follow your ministry, how do they do that? The YouTube channel is just Dana Coverstone Ministries. I have my Facebook page, uh, the Brace for Cell page. We're going to be shifting a lot that happens with the Brace for Cell page probably after the first of the year, and uh, trying to work through it a little bit differently. Our church is also Linwood Ministries AG on Facebook. and follow our services and things there. 
I'm just thankful for the opportunity to, to share with you today, Stan. Once again, appreciate your friendship and your ministry and uh, your your grip on end-time events and what's happening in the Word. I, I know you've said this, and I don't know if you're, your people probably know, but I'm, 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 I'm amazed at your ability to memorize the book of Revelation and how that's been a key to you understanding some things in the Word. And uh, just to have that as, as a resource is an incredible thing. So th- I want to thank you for doing that, because that's, that's inspired me to try to memorize a lot more of the Word than I have in the last couple of years myself. So I'm working on some of those things, too. So appreciate well, it very much. thank you for giving me the opportunity. I don't get emotional here, but thank you for giving me the opportunity to just say to the whole world and to the Lord, it wasn't me. It was him. He's yes. the one that laid it on my heart. He's the one that gave me the memory. It was all him. And sometimes I forget to put him up and to let everybody know that it was him. It was Jesus. And so I'll take that that compliment, but I'll throw it right at Jesus because it was all him. And I thank you for coming on. I'm sorry I'm getting so emotional anymore. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for your friendship. And I love you so much, brother. Well, I appreciate you, Stan. Thank you as well. Since we've got a few more minutes in this broadcast, and I just got a really important email, I'm going to read the email. We're going to kind of talk about it. Hi, Stan. Thank you for your ministry. This is from Robert. God bless it. If the Trump administration and the federal government make arrests nationwide, resulting in trial and justice served, do you think this will be enough for the Lord to heal our land? Oh, boy. Did he not hit the question of the hour? Well, of course, my opinion, <laughs> my, opinion, my opinion doesn't count a whole lot, but if God calls me, I can say, Lord, please make that enough. But a bigger question is, so how many of them would it take to be arrested in order to heal our land? I don't think even four or 5,000. Uh, according to Benjamin Fulford, there's some one million of these deep staters out there, and Probably when you're talking 350 million people in America alone, not to mention the whole world, probably it would take some number, definitely over 100,000, to get God to say, okay, they've turned from their wicked ways enough, but he's got some other points here. Let's go on. Only a small portion of the American population work for the government. Will there be enough repentance of the American Christian governmental employees? Of course, Second Chronicles said. Of course, Second Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people turn from wicked ways, I know that there are many Christians involved in governmental employers and the corruption of our government, but do you think that small amount of millions of Christians in our nation are enough for God to heal our land? Well, that is the question. I want to believe it is, but he's got another big point. Also, just because thousands of Christians across the country are praying and fasting, doesn't necessarily mean that they are repenting, parenthesis, turning from the wicked ways. Right now, I don't see and hear about a lot of American Christians turning from the wicked ways. Oh, boy. I was talking with Lindsey Williams uh, about a week, 10 days ago, and that's exactly what him and I were talking about, too. Okay, so if a million of the Baal and Moloch worshipers are arrested and justice is served, is that enough? Or don't we have to see some people other than them actually repent and turn to Jesus? Well, that is the question. Let's go on. 
Let's talk about the repentance of American non-Christians from sin and iniquity. I agree that souls coming to the saving knowledge of Jesus with repentance are an indicator that non-Christians are repenting. I would think it would need to be a significant amount of repentance from American non-Christians like in the millions for God to heal our land because there is so much sin and iniquity among non-Christians. So, at this time, I don't see how God will heal our land because right now, I don't see much repentance. I'm referring to the healing of the land of Nineveh for 40 years because probably most of Nineveh repented at the preaching of the repentance of Jonah. But ask yourself, how many people in the country have repented in the last four years from the Trump administration? Well, I can answer that. Not many. We haven't seen big revivals. We haven't seen the churches filled up. So he goes on to say, so do you think it will change much in the next four years? Uh, The answer is yes. I think it's going to change when the judgment hits, when the miracles show up, And unfortunately, that judgment is going to be a pretty hard slap. I keep praying that it's not too hard. But of course, Jesus is the righteous judge. He knows exactly the right thing to do at exactly the right time. And I think that's exactly what he's going to do. So he says, the only hope I have is that with four more years of President Trump, especially the remnant, will be able to preach for salvation of souls with miracles and preach and build the kingdom of God. But... I don't see four more years until there is especially enough Christians humbling themselves and seeking God and turning from the wicked ways. Hmm. Good point, huh? He goes on to say, so what do you hear God saying about this point of view, Robert? I am afraid that Robert is not only correct, but everybody listening is probably agreeing with Robert. In other words... I think it's got to take, well, let's put it this way. What we'd prefer to see is that the flesh part of us wants to say, hey, if there's 100,000 of these really bad guys, these Moloch and Baal worshipers rounded up and just to serve, we'd like to think that that's enough for God to hear from heaven and heal our land. But it didn't say anything about the Christians repenting, and it didn't say anything about the non-Christians turning to Jesus. And really and truly, he's right. It would really need to take all three groups on the ideal. Now, what do we hope comes to pass? Well, we'd like to think that if Trump can just get back in and get all of these sealed indictments served and get these election cheaters rounded up and justice served, we'd like to think that would heal our land. But you and I both know it needs to be more. Now, what's God going to do? I don't know. I don't know, but I do know this. I do know this. We better keep praying or we will lose our nation. We better keep praying or we will lose our If your heart is with us, I'm asking you to become a member. Actually state before God that you are with our vision to win thousands upon thousands of souls, to teach prophecy and walk in sevenfold miracles, to be a blessing and give answers in the time of trouble, If this is your heart, go to prophecyclub.com and click on membership. Only takes 90 seconds. This will help us to get a loan for an office and a church to do the work of the ministry. Prophecyclub.com. 
With our relationship with HeavensHarvest.com, they have all sorts of emergency supplies and food at HeavensHarvest.com. Their food comes in square stackable buckets, breakfast, entree, protein, fruits, and vegetables at HeavensHarvest.com makes it easy to order. I recommend you have at least 12 months of food for every person in your family. Receive a free box of heirloom seeds when you enter the promo code STAN. That's HeavensHarvest.com, promo code S-T-A-N. For emergency supplies and food at HeavensHarvest.com. How Pre-Trib 1 exposes the little secrets pastors and board members don't want exposed, which explains how the lie of pre-trib beat the truth of post-trib and the people would have it so. The church will hate it for exposing the truth about the rapture. It also gives the four foundations you'll need to understand the truth about the rapture. Proof of post-trib, 25 pre-trib questions answered, one for 20, but don't do that. We offer them in shrink wrap sets of 10. 10 for 30, 20 for 50 at prophecyclub.com. Most people agree that the book of Daniel is the most difficult book in the Bible to understand. Tribulation Secrets in Daniel explains the parts of Daniel that us tribulation saints are going to need to know. It exposes the plans of the Antichrist, how to spot the Antichrist, his physical appearance, the sound of his voice, how he rises to power and takes over the world. One for 20, but don't do that. We offer him in shrink wrap sets of 10. One for 20, 10 for 30, and 20 for 50 at prophecyclub.com. One for 20, but don't do that. 10 for 30, 20 for 50, give you extras to give it to your friends.